Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Maybe you're listening to our guy, Matt Josephs, at Midmajor Matt, giving you some tips on Spider basketball. I know he took, I think he took Spider's first half tonight. I want to say they were minus five again. I know he hit on that. Um, so if, you, if you're listening to his, uh, his gambling advice on Twitter, best place to do it is through Bet Online. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have hundreds of props with real time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, they've got the 24 hour online casino. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Spider Scoop podcast, episode 39. As always, I'm your host, Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond, joined by my my struggling Charlotte Hornets fan friend, Buddy writes about the Spiders for A-10 Talk, more importantly, and that's Austin Daisy. Austin just made it back home from the Robin Center. Big win tonight uh, for Richmond over UMass. Uh, A little bit more of a complete win than against Duquesne pretty much dominate from start to finish a little bit of a surge from the Minutemen um, with about, you know, eight and seven minutes left in the second half, but spiders really put their foot on the gas, which is something you said on the pregame show. You wanted to see them do tonight. Seems like they did it. They closed out strong, uh, really good game from Blake Francis tonight, especially in the first half. Good games from, from Grant, uh, Gilly wasn't scoring, but he had a good, well-rounded game. Nate, good game. So a lot of positives tonight. What were your takeaways from, from what we just watched? Yeah, um, you know, it was a very complete game. You know, it was a game we never trailed in. I don't know when the last time we had one of those even was. I like to look and see. But I was really impressed with, you know, we you talked about UMass's surge late in the second half. And unlike the Duquesne game, they didn't stop it. It Duquesne took the lead with like a minute left and I was like, Oh crap, we, we might lose this game. But tonight, tonight was the first game in a while where I haven't had that. Oh crap feeling that mm-hmm. we're going to blow it. It was just a game. We, you know, we had total control of from the opening tip and that's when we play our best basketball. We got to see Blake knock down some shots early on. He touched on that in the press conference about, you know, getting off to a hot start. I mean, it is important, you know, players can say it's not, not an important factor to them, but I, I call that a lie every single time. If you Your first shot goes in, chances are you're going to have a good game, and Blake did just that. So all in all, I'm pleased with the Spider victory tonight. Yeah. See, so yeah, our, our Blake had 17 points in the first half, scorching hot. He hit a three-pointer on the very first possession of the game for the Spiders. Um, and, you know, when, in a game when Blake hits his first three on their first possession – UMass turns it over on their first two possessions and you get a, a Gustafson three pointer in the first four minutes of the game. I mean, everything was just rolling for them offensively um, in those, those opening minutes. Now they weren't blowing the game open in the opening minutes. It was actually within three points about 
six or seven minutes into the game. But from an offensive standpoint, um, you know, only six turnovers tonight. They were just not turning the ball over. They looked smooth. And I don't know what you saw, but I really felt like in that first half, they really came out energized too. Like it just looked like the ball was just moving a lot faster. You saw them standing around less and just felt a lot more continuous. Um, I, I just thought they kind of had a pep in their step and, and it really just carried over throughout the entire game. Um, so obviously, you know, we talked about Blake's first half performance and the way they came out really strong. Um, he, he had a pretty quiet second half. I think he only scored three points in the second half. Um, but, but why don't we jump into that run on the, in the second half? I think Richmond was up 12, 14 points, maybe in around the eight fifty four mark, uh, UMass goes on a five Oh run. Richmond hadn't scored in almost four minutes. And just like that, I was a 10 point lead. And, and then UMass scores again, they cut it. It was 63 56. Now it's seven points. You know, they're, we kind of see them struggling to defend the paint too, where they start fouling. And that's been a big concern because against Duquesne, they really felt like the last six minutes, they just couldn't not foul any Duke that won in the paint. Um, so it kind of, you start to get that feeling, but then you get the Gilly Grant pick and roll. They do their thing. Um, great sequence where they get that bucket from Grant and then Grant blocks a Trey Mitchell three and then he finishes down the other end for what should have been an and one. It's an 11 point lead. So I was really happy to see them do exactly what you wanted, which was put their foot on the gas. Um, how happy were you just to, to see that tonight and then really squash that, that late surge? Yeah, no, especially heading in, you know, to St. Louis, which is going to be arguably the toughest game, second toughest game of the season. Um, I personally think that it is important to to see that happen. Um, obviously, from a fan perspective, it's a little different than player or the coach. But when um, you know, I talked to Mooney after and asked, you know, what is how important is it to play a complete game like this? You didn't trail before heading into a tough game, and he was like, "Yeah, it's important." And you know, it's one of those things again where they like to play it off, not really um, put too much thought into it at the moment, but again, the guys are going to get home tonight. They're going to, you know, replay this game in their mind and confidence. I mean, that that's what college basketball is, especially this point of the season. You know, I think Richmond did a good job of taking it to UMass early. Again, I talked about how they're coming off of COVID pause and Richmond knows better than anybody what it's like coming out of one of those. So I think that's another factor, but yeah, complete game, something that, not only the fans wanted, but it's something that the team needed to see themselves. So a plus performance tonight. Um, aren't many, you're not gonna hear many negatives from me tonight. Yeah, de- definitely not. And it was the perfect culmination of like you said, UMass came off the COVID pause. They're a much younger team. Uh, Trey Mitchell and Noah Fernandes were both coming off injury tonight. Both of them played neither, neither started. Um, and you know, I, it, we saw that reflect in the box score. I mean, UMass uh, Richmond's dominated them in points off turnovers. I don't have the exact number and here we go. The nut they had, uh, let's see. Yeah. Richmond had 19 points off turnovers versus UMass just had four, uh, Richmond was just like six turnovers in the game to, to UMass's 13. So just the definition of an experienced team that's had rhythm versus a young team coming off pause. Um, what I did find interesting is that, you know, we all knew this was Fernandes and, and Trey Mitchell's first game back. Um, I, I think I put something out earlier today, but I was talking with some UMass people on Twitter and it kind of sounded like even before the game, Trey Mitchell wasn't going to be a 100% kind of knew that going in. And, and Chris Mooney, and I don't know how public that was or if people knew it. I don't know what you expected him to look like, 
Um, obviously, he wasn't 100%. Trey Mitchell, like we said, didn't start. Played five minutes in the first half um, and played most of the second half. Only nine points, four fouls, four of eight. Were you, A, surprised to see him kind of be, I don't want to say shell of himself, but not the Trey Mitchell, probably not a four-year guy that we that we think of. Is this the kind of game you expected from him to come in and look banged up like this? You know, what what did you see out of him tonight? Um, You know, again, it's tough to draw any conclusions, um, especially with, you know, got hurt, then had a long COVID pause. And, you know, you have to wonder if they ran their COVID pause like Richmond, he wasn't doing anything. But again, coming off of an injury, especially your shoulder, you really do think there's nothing better he could have gotten in that long period of rest. Um, again, could have been rust. Um, he didn't look didn't look slow. Looked to be you know what Trey Mitchell normally is. But yeah, I can say I was surprised to see him not in the starting lineup just based on the fact that they were coming off a long COVID pause and you know resting a shoulder up for that long. He assumed he would have been ready, but that makes you think that injury could have been a little bit worse than what initially thought. Yeah. I was surprised to hear Mooney say that they were anticipating he would start and play like 35 minutes. Um, just given that I had heard from other people, like I think if I'm hearing these things that Chris Mooney probably is, but again, I don't know how definite that was and how good my Intel was. Um, but yeah, in terms of their pause, I think UMass is also in a different circumstance because if I'm, I believe that it wasn't the team that just went on pause. I think it was that the whole athletic department did just because of UMass as a campus was having COVID issues. So I don't know if maybe that provides more flexibility to your basketball team because it's not necessarily a UMass basketball issue, but, but regardless, like you said, whatever the case was, however much access they did have during the COVID pause, you know, I didn't think they looked super sluggish UMass per se, like heavy feet, but they're also a younger team. Um, but, but definitely, I mean, the turnovers, we saw that. And like, like you said, you know, Trey Mitchell did not look like himself. So certainly, certainly an effect there. Um, regardless, I would like to hear your take because there's one in I shouldn't say a negative, you know, like an awful game, but I know you wanted to see a good game out of Tyler and Tyler had a better game Saturday against Duquesne, um, was pretty quiet against VCU last Wednesday, didn't play great against D3 St. Mary's. So, Aside from Saturday's game, you know, he's kind of had a week and a half now off COVID pause where he hasn't been, you know, the Tyler we're used to, um, just four points tonight. Uh, what do you see out of him? Yeah, um, you know, it's disappointing. Um, I think for him, he needs that that confidence boost to be able to string a couple good games together. And he just can't seem to get his feet under him for consecutive games. Um you know, he, he didn't look lost by any means tonight. And, again, it was a game where we've talked about before, there's never just one guy that needs to do this. And, you know, I could give him a bit of the doubt and sit here and say, you know, maybe he sat back and saw that, you know, Blake was going off in the first half. So he could, you know, focus a little bit more on the defensive side. But, yeah, disappointing, um, you know, because kid with such high hopes as he has, I would have liked to see him, you know, string consecutive games together. But, you know, on to the next one. Can't if you're him, you can't sit here and dwell on what he didn't do right tonight. Just focus on St. Louis on Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. Again, it's like you said, you know, it's this is that type of team where it's just there's going to be three guys that go off one night. It's not always going to be you every single night, so it's not overly concerning. Um, like you said, it would be nice just for confidence for him, especially heading towards the postseason to see him piece it together and string it together um, over consecutive games, especially again they had that long COVID pause. So 
if he hasn't strung it together last week and a half, really it's been like six weeks since he's got to see it game to game. So I would like to see that um, place, you know, St. Joe's on is going to be their last game. So that's certainly a good way for him to end on a high note. Um, the only thing I would have liked to see is he was over two from three and a couple of them were pretty, pretty open. So I would like to see him hit those shots, but again, it's, you know, I'm kind of just find stuff, finding stuff to pick out here because aside from that, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty clean game from, from everyone across the board. Another, Typical Jacob Gilliard game of one of eight from the field, nine points at first you're concerned. And then you see nine rebounds, six assists, four steals. So he had a very Jacob Gilliard-esque game. We wanted to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators will verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and it also protects the sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about Grant too. Grant had a really good game. He had 16 points, five rebounds, five assists, no turnovers, um, pretty efficient night. Didn't play a lot, 24 minutes, but like we know, injured the finger um, it, at the end of the of this first half, came back out, played the second half, but he had a few free throws throughout the second half where he just missed really badly. Um, so it was clearly bothering him. He didn't really practice much at half or shoot much at halftime. Mooney says after the game, he's going to see a doctor. So he did come back in and play, but it sounds like there's further evaluation going on. Um, can you just speak about, you know, how big is that going to be? And, and even if he plays being banged up uh, against St. Louis, a team, like you said, that this could be their biggest test in the conference this season. Yeah. Um, if he has to miss time, especially at this point of the season, I'm not very confident. And it's not that he's, you know, he's been the guy, you know, but he has, to, especially tonight, tonight he showed, Tonight was the first night in a while where it was fun watching him play again. And it made me feel like I was watching a game from last season where, again, I, I keep saying confidence, but I really think that's, that's what it is at this point, because all these guys know what they're capable of. They saw what they did last year, won 24 games. They know they can do it. It's just a matter of stringing things together. And tonight seemed like a night where, you know, against a fairly quality opponent, Grant was starting to find his stride and, you know, um, somebody asked Blake in the press conference what it's like having a big guy that, that can pass the ball like that because there aren't many big men in the country that have that court vision he does and just have that precision to get those passes in. So, you know, you don't have to look at Grant's, you know, points. Oh, he only scored six points. He didn't really contribute. He's got vision. You know, the ball needs – offense needs to be facilitated through him. So, you know, if he misses time, not good. But again, I've liked what I've seen from Matt Grace when he's come uh, came in off the bench, much better than last year. So, hopefully, it's a non-issue. But 
if he has to miss some time, it is worrisome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and they're they're gonna need it. And they can't even if you know Grant's kind of banged up. Like, there's no excuses to lose this game on Friday. Like St. Louis just lost to to VCU without Bones Highlands. Their defense has really been slipping as of late. Their strength of schedule is pretty bad. They're not even top 100 in the country in in strength of schedule. So I know you know St. Louis is still a really good team. It's a team with second weekend potential. Should they find their way into the tournament, which they may not. Um, but but at the end of the day, if you want talk resume wise and blah 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 like doesn't matter if grant's banged up it doesn't matter who's in who's out they if they, if they want any chance of the tournament they got to win this game on friday um against st louis so why don't we move into that we've we've broken this game down enough um obviously so like we said uh friday test against st louis and then they're going to wrap it up with st joe's um in their in their final game i believe that's march 1st what do you make of today af- after the after the game and the press conference Chris Mooney suggested that they are very much open to the possibility and are considering trying to schedule another game after the Atlantic 10 tournament. As we all know, the A-10 tournament moved up, what is it, March 3rd to the 6th, right? Other than the championship game, which will be in Dayton, uh, I think, on the normal date. So there's going to be time between NIT slash NCAA tournament um, is there anyone in particular that you'd like to see or, or just thoughts on like, were you surprised to hear Mooney pretty, pretty blatantly interested in that possibility? I, I was honestly shocked because, you know, you had talked about it on the pregame show, but it seemed completely hypothetical and it didn't seem like something that could remotely surface to, just because it, it just seems so bizarre. But you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, why the hell not? I mean, this whole season's been, absurd you know teams need to play that's been Mooney's mantra these past couple games is he's frustrated you know when you're on the bubble again you need games and when you have you know we've lost a game St. Louis Bonaventure Dayton let's play any of them preferably Bonaventure you know that would be the best resume building one but you know if we can't get a game played after the conference tournament it's it's I'm stumbling over my words because I'm processing like conference tournament, then playing a game after and then potentially NCAA, but like, we just got to play. I sound like Mooney, um, but need to play games and preferably not D3. Hopefully that's <laughs> something that's something that's gone now, but um, give me Bonaventure. I, that's, that's the one I've been wanting. So if it's open and they're not, would you rather in, the Bonnies or VCU? Ooh, now resume building wise, Bonnie's yeah. Richmond fan wise VCU, but you know, is if, if the Bonnie's aren't playing in the championship on Sunday in Dayton, let's play them on Wednesday. Let's just get a schedule, get it done. Yeah. Well, are, are you more intrigued by a in-conference matchup or a non-conference matchup? Depending on who um, would be really interesting to play a non-conference game at this point. But I mean, if you could go out and get a solid opponent, I'm all for it. I mean, yeah. What's Bonas net right now? What are they in the forties? They're in the, I think they're thirties, low forties. I, I feel like I mean, they're like 37 ish. Yeah. I mean that that's solid, especially if that game is on the road, but you know, if you could get, I mean, obviously I don't see a team like Virginia or somewhere like that playing Richmond at this point in the season. Cause you know, if Richmond wins that game completely knocks them down a couple seed lines, but no, that. Again, now that you brought that up, I feel like this is something that's going to happen. We're going to be playing a non-conference game after the conference tournament. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an intriguing, it's an exciting uh, possibility either way. And it, I mean, it just makes it makes total sense. Like, there's no reason not to do it. Um, and in as much as you know, we're surprised every, basically every day when we see Richmond in the next four out and the first four out of Lenardi. Like, it is mind boggling to us watching this team every game. But but at the end of the day, like when you're looking at it as the as the committee, where you know maybe the eyeball test means less this year than it normally does because they know things are so wonky. Like. I mean, Richmond is the only team in the A-10 with multiple quad one wins that win over Loyola Chicago is not, not arguably it's very easily the best win in the entire conference. Um, so, so they've got the two quad because Kentucky, by the way, is a quad one win now. I think they're 60 or 61 uh, in the net that a big one over Tennessee. So that, that win actually has kind of improved. So it's kind of crazy to say, and I still feel like 85% to get in the ter- NCAA tournament, they have to win the A-10 tournament. And especially after SLU loses, because now if you beat SLU Friday, you know, that's probably not a huge win. I mean, uh, it's it may not be a quad one win. SLU could p- very well fall out of top 75 in the net um, after losing to BCU and if they lose to Richmond. So that could be a quad two win on the road at St. Louis. So, you know, if they beat St. Louis – they dominate St. Joe's and then you get a quality, you know, quad two, maybe quad one win by adding another game. You know, they're not out of that. They're not out of that large contention, um, which is really surprising to say, because it really feels like it's not even a discussion at this point. Um, but, but at the end of the day, that's what COVID basketball is right now. And things are crazy and they are still in it, but, but I wouldn't hold out hope. I would say, you know, if it came down gun to my head, I'm saying they have to win the Atlantic 10 tournament to, to get in. I think that's kind of where we're all at. Um, so, so that's it for, for the final stretch. Um, why don't we just wrap this up by talking about Matt McCall? You and I were like laughing throughout this whole game. Like he is just like the whiniest co and and this, like, I'm so thankful there weren't, I mean, there were like this small amount of fans, right. But it's pretty, for the most part, Robin center is pretty empty. So you can hear anytime a player drops an F-bomb, like you hear every word in the arena, you and I are up in the nosebleeds. Matt McCall doesn't shut up the whole game. He is whining. He is throwing a hissy fit in the in the timeouts and the huddles. He's dropping f bombs on his team, and he's like this small little whiny guy, and he's literally like flailing arms and kicking his feet, yelling at the refs. Like, just, just give me your take. Like, what were your thoughts? Like, you and I couldn't stop laughing at this guy the whole game. No, like it was like I understand a coach getting heated and frustrated during a game, but like. I've never actually sat there and laughed like, you know, maybe if the crowd is there, you're not hearing as much. It doesn't seem as big of a deal, but I mean, literally kicking and screaming. We need, we need somebody to Photoshop him like on the cover of a kicking and screaming movie. (laughs) But dude, like you, you had the best tweet of the night with um, what was he say? He was the whiniest um, 12 year old AAU player. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It was the whiniest, yeah. Whiniest 12 year old AAU. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, blatant things that were happening like that aren't even up for question i mean jumping arms going everywhere kicking screaming i mean the literally the entire game Mm -hmm. um i've never seen a coach you know you hear all the coaches screaming at him he was literally like literally screaming the entire time out and i was even seeing on twitter at the time umass so high pitch too it feels so whiny oh my god yes it's such a squeaky voice we're like Dude, j- just shut up. Like, even, you know, when you got the main guys on UMass Twitter saying, hey, Matt McCall, 
please shut up. I think that's a, that's a sign. Yeah. And, and the one he got teed up on too was like, to me, it was just, why is this the one you decide to get teed up? And, on? That like, and he didn't get, good. it's not like he got teed. So the, like the call he got teed up on was, I don't remember who on UMass it was, but I, I want to say maybe Noah Fernandes transition layup. I'm not sure. But Nate Ko comes in from behind and blocks the ball off the backboard. It was, and it was right at the backboard where we were sitting. So we had a perfect view. I mean, it was, it was such a blatantly clean block. It did not hit the backboard first, like not even close, like six, seven inches away from the backboard when Nate blocks it. The ball was not on the way down. Like it was, it was a clean block. And McCall, then the ball goes back down the other end, uh, down towards Richmond's end. Then there's that possession ends. Then they come back. So we're now like a possession and a half removed from the play. And McCall is still whining and bitching and moaning and then gets teed up. He gets teed up complaining about a call that happened like one and a half possessions ago. It was just like, it was infuriating. It was funny. It was, it was just a cacophony of mayhem. And I loved, I loved every second of it. I did too. Yep. Um, Yeah. So that's going to be it from us. Uh, so I, wow 39 episodes kind of crazy i can't believe we've done that many um oh. episode 39 in the books uh richmond's improves i believe this gives them sole sole third place right in the a time yeah. sole possession of third place in the atlantic 10 and they will play the second place team in the a10 on friday they are going to st louis uh that's a road game on espn2 i think 7 p.m start time uh so we will have a pregame show for that on espn richmond so keep an eye out there uh 99.5 fm or you can stream it on their website um as always you can follow me on twitter and instagram at noah goldberg 10 follow austin at austin daisy 11 give us a like a subscribe five star rating on apple Podcasts, spotify whatever you're listening we'd really appreciate that Um, So with that being said, we will see you guys on Friday. I've been losing my mind trying to figure it out, but I'm stuck in a drought. I guess we'll start again. I've been losing my mind trying to figure it out, but I'm stuck in this house. I am my only friend. Lately, I know I've been a punk and I need to sober up. Double cup, it got me stuck. I think I'm losing it. It's every time that I've been getting stuck. Still a line inside my head. I've been losing my mind, trying to figure it out But I'm stuck in a drought, I guess we'll start again I've been losing my mind, trying to figure it out But I'm stuck in this house, I am my own friend Over and over again, it's like I never win But you put me down, it don't make any sense I'm not sober again, but I'm trying to pretend Like everything's alright, but it's over Myself, I stab the open bin Lately, everything I say You just tell me it's wrong I told her I won't be here long I can't hold it in Every time you cross my mind I burn another memory To keep yours inside I saw us drown like high tide And everything is nothing If you're not here tonight I've been losing my mind Trying to figure it out But I'm 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.